Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. Probably playing board games. Running the boards is Joey D's. Now with slightly less salt. Slightly less salt because we're not going to be talking about the foundation today. That's right. But we will be talking about a new Walking Dead series, a new How to Train Your Dragon series. Why Netflix canceled one of my favorite shows, The Santa Clarita Diet. There's the salt. Yeah. There'll be plenty of salt (laughs) over there with that one. And maybe that more, but of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Can have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah, so many ways to get a hold of us. Leave us those, uh, I don't know, They have, sometimes they have stars, sometimes they have, I don't know, fireworks. Or leave us a review, give us hearts. the hearts. Yeah, give us the five <laughs> hearts. Like give us five horseshoes, clovers. the clovers, the balloons, uh, any of the other uh, uh, Lucky Charms marshmallows. The if toy you want to oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> those little those little coins, those little coins that uh, you uh, take off uh, the wrapper and they're chocolate. Those, uh, those are good. Random thing that I want you guys to message in about when Uh-oh. you guys play a board game. Doesn't matter what type of currency it is, whether it's food or coin or some paper money or whatever. It could even be like vials of potions. Uh-huh. Can you just call it monies? Not monies? even not even money monies like hey that is three monies. Will you trade your three monies for my three monies? Which which three monies? Um, my three sheep monies Usu- for your three wood monies. Usually there is like a currency. Like <laughs> you have multiple things, but then you have a currency. All right. Does anybody else do that, or is it just monies. me and some of the people I've played with? I think it's just you and your gaming group there. Okay. On occasion. But, on occasion. Okay. Thank you, Joe. But it would be kind of fun too. Uh, throw it out there. Maybe some of those weird rituals that your gaming group has, or like terms and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like we had one for a while when I still lived in Seattle with my old roommates. Tuna boat. Tuna boat. Because there is a game where we all try to, is it Machi, Machi Kuro, where we all try to get the tuna boat. We got him. And then the two other guys, like it was the two girls got him. The two boys came in and stole our tuna boat. So stole we Stole your tuna boat? So the entire time, the, like myself and my friend Melissa, tuna boat, the boys steal it. Then that's all they could just kept hollering. Tuna boat. Tuna boat. So I want to hear about those. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Wow. Yes. Tell us that. You can get us an email. Uh, uh, what was our email? Uh, or you know what? Just Facebook. BJGeekNation at gmail.com. Yeah, but yeah. send us like post them or send us messages on those sort of things. It's yep. hella easier. Yep. Now, talking about the stuff that we uh, said we were going to talk about, uh, AMC has officially greenlit the episodic anth- anthology series Tales of the Walking Dead. Because if you're not tired of the Walking Dead universe, there is so many more things out there for you. Unfortunately, I am a bit tired of this. I never thought I really would be, but after like 11, 12 years of it going on, I'm good. So I don't know necessarily if I'm going to be watching this, but each one-hour episode will be set within the world of The Walking Dead and will feature both new and existing characters. So this might get you for continuing to go on with that. Uh, Channing Powell, who has worked as a writer and producer on both The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, serves as showrunner. And Powell will work alongside Scott M. Gimple, the chief content officer of the Walking Dead universe. Uh, this looks to be happening out uh, debut on AMC and AMC Plus in the summer of 2022. 
And if you don't know, The Walking Dead is a show that made uh, television history and attracted an army of passionate and highly engaged fans, says Dan McDermott, president of the original programming at AMC. We see so much potential for a wide range of rich and compelling storytelling in the world, and the episode anthology format of Tales of the Walking Dead will give us some flexibility to entertain existing fans and also offer an entry point for new viewers. Which is a really good point. When you see something that is 11 seasons long... Uh, it's daunting. Yeah. And there are, uh, I don't know how long the first couple of seasons are, but they've kind of settled into that eight and eight season, but that's still 16 episodes a season to get through. And it can get a little redundant by, you know, going from one place, dealing with the enemies, going to another place, dealing with the enemies. So it can be a bit much for people. I feel like right now we are now at the age of anthologies. Yes. We are getting a lot of them, whether it's like the what if situation or even uh, Star Wars Visions, I believe that's what it's called yeah, on Disney Plus. Exactly. I feel like this is going to be the new wave of exploring a universe without having to be committed to it. Oh, yeah. And it would be interesting because they say that it's going to be um, new and old characters. So I would like to kind of see maybe some of the other aspects of, yeah, we followed Rick's group through the entire thing. But what if we had something side by side in terms of almost like uh, uh, just like, oh, this is happening at the same time. Or these are the other side people dealing with what they're having to deal like, with. Or you oh. just see maybe the group of people going across the ways and you see uh, another person who is like, I'm going to stay away from those murderers. This reminds me of the Jeremy Renner born movie. That, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Where it was literally what was happening in the born. I don't remember which one of the born movies with Matt Damon, and this is happening side by side at the exact same time, and they're referencing what Matt Damon's doing. And in an, in an interview with Variety in 2020, uh, the AMC uh, COO Ed Carroll said that Tales would serve as a test kitchen of sorts, meaning that if a particular episode was well received, it could lead to another spinoff. Now, at this point in time, we've got The Walking Dead, but AMC also has Fear the Walking Dead, which we mentioned, and also The Walking Dead World Beyond, which was... I don't want to call it zombie babies, but it was a younger group of kids um, who basically had, that's all they've known is this sort of world. So, or at least teenagers sort of age. So dealing with this. Um, their entire lives. Yeah. Most of their lives at the very least. So it's another one. Uh, like you said, a lot of anthology series or at least things that come off as being anthology series. What if was a bit of a kind of a twist on the end of that when it came down to it. But uh, they seem to be very popular now. In this. If you guys are looking for like an anthology, series, by the way, in comic book form, uh, that kind of falls into that same pattern where things start to tie together eventually. Twisted Dark. I just, I love my bro. Nice. Neil Gibson. Like, seriously, like, I've been, yeah. especially during the spooky season, because Twisted Dark has that Total darkness. spooky vibe. Yeah. yeah, there's some spookiness, yeah. or at least stuff that, like, makes your heart just go, oh. <laughs> uh, so definitely, if you're looking for a new comic series to read, check it out. And if you love anthologies. Um, speaking of spinoff series and uh, along those lines, How to Train Your Dragon Yay! is getting a spinoff series, and it will come to Hulu and Peacock. Very interesting on that. Um, but it seems that DreamWorks Animation has officially announced that Dragons, The Nine Realms, a new How to Train Your Dragon spinoff series, will be on both Hulu and Peacock this okay. December. So uh, they're actually getting it out pretty quickly. And you've seen the How to Train Your Dragons, yes, right? I feel like I've seen every single one of them. It's been a while, so now I'm getting them all confused. But I remember at the very end, spoiler alert, if anybody mm -hmm. cares at the end, because How to Train a Dragon, the first, first one, it's a young kid named Hiccup and Vikings have horrible names, so their enemies <laughs> would be afraid of them or whatever, or spirits or whatever, something like that. Hiccup is not scary. 
No. Uh, <laughs> or just ugly names, basically. Oh, okay. uh, he finds this dragon. They're living in a Viking community that fear and hate dragons and they kill dragons because they always are at war with each other, basically. And he learns, like, he befriends a dragon because he's an awful Viking. He can't kill dragons. He just doesn't have the heart for it. He ends up befriending a dragon named Toothless because his teeth retract. Uh, And at the very end, they become part of the community. They all love each other. They work. They're like, they're kind of like pets, but they work together. Yeah, yeah. But the very last movie, because a lot of other adventures ensue, different people, whatever, at the very end, they decide, you know what? We cannot hold you guys anymore. Like, captive, you should be free to live your lives. We won't fight you anymore, but you need to be free. Mm-hmm. So there's, like, a really sweet ending where, like, Hiccup and it, like, finally marries his girl Astrid. They get older and they have kids and they run into his old dragon, Toothless. And it's just, like, this really sweet scene. Aww. So I'm like, is it going to, like, I'm curious to see how they're going to go about it. Also, the thing I've noticed, and we remember kids of the 90s, you know, when you get your first, like your Aladdin movie, and then you get Aladdin, Return of Jafar, you get that really ugly quality <laughs> of movie. They're straight no, to, that, to, yeah, uh, to VHS. Was, yeah, this like literally straight to VHS. Yeah, like, where they can't get the big names for the voices. And, and like kind the of, art quality is just awful yeah. in comparison. It wasn't bad for the 90s, but it was like, but you just showed me this beautiful movie. Now you're giving me this. So I'm curious to see what the quality of uh, animation, it's uh, how it's going to be. Well, and this is interesting because the take they're doing on this, um, it, they are not doing anything in the past. Actually, this is set 1,300 years after the oh. events of How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, and Dragons, the Nine Realms takes place in a modern world where dragons are now both nothing are now nothing more than legend. But when a geological anomaly opens up an anomaly, a geological anomaly opens up an intense miles deep fissure in Earth's surface, scientists from all over the world gather at a new research facility to study the mysterious phenomenon. Soon, a group of misfit kids. Brought to the site by their parents, uncover the truth about dragons and where they've been hiding, a secret they must keep to themselves to protect what they've discovered. And that, I mean, it's the same thing as like any sort of like E.T. type thing. It's like where the kids discover something and realize that uh, adults are terrible and they will probably ruin whatever this fun thing is. So you got to keep the uh, the dragon's secret at this point mm-hmm. in time. And like there's like a still shot image and it's a very similar shot like between a kid and a dragon like he's about to touch his nose, very much like the first uh, movie, the very popular image of Hiccup touching Toothless for the first time and Aww. Toothless letting him. Yeah. Like, this is cute. Dragons of the Nine Realms stars voice actor Jeremy Shada, who is known for his role as Finn the Human on Adventure Time. Oh, okay. So it'll have a very familiar voice with that. And it does come out December 23rd on Hulu and Peacock. So if you uh, you got some kiddos or you yourself are on a little bit of a winter break, there's something that you can end up watching on that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it is based on the children's novel series of the same name by author Cressida Cowell. Aww. And uh, yeah, uh, the movie came out in 2010, like the, the first, first one. one. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a little bit of a while, so it kind of makes sense on that. Mm-hmm. Very excited for that. And I mean, maybe I should see the movies too. But I always liked, uh, you know, I mean, like to, like looking at the movies. They're they're <laughs> the really they're, they're cool <laughs> movies. They have phenomenal voice actors. I believe like Craig Ferguson is in one of them. You're right. Uh, I think, yeah. Oh, who's the other one? I think that might have been his dad. I don't remember 100. percent But you have America Ferrera, Jonah Hill, Kristen Wiig in the first one. I think there was also oh that guy in Deadpool who was in Silicon Valley that he got like 
crapped on or oh, crapped on the yes. movies. I know what you're talking about. Something. Uh, anyways, a lot of those great voice actors. T.J. Miller. That one. There, there we go. go. I was like, I totally. I was like, I know what you're talking about. And I about. can see his face. And I can see his face. And he wears glasses and has curly hair. T.J. Miller. Yes, T. it was J. him. Seth Rogen. Wait, no. Yeah. And uh, Jay <laughs> Barshell. I can never say his name right. Oh, it's Gerard Butler, who's his father. Craig Ferguson was Gobber, who is like his. We'll just call him his uncle. Okay. Uh, but it's like Christopher Mintz Plas was in it. Like it's just it's such a good movie. David Tennant. Really? Like in the very first one. Like like and even as they continue, I believe it was Emma. Is that her name? Oh God, Natty McPhee, Emma. Emma. An older woman. Like not older, but you know what I mean. I know. Now I gotta look up Nanny McPhee. Thompson. Emma Thompson. Yes, Emma Thompson plays yeah. his, uh, plays a big important character that I won't ruin later okay. on. <laughs> it's, it's just so good. So it means uh, we should go watch it then. All of them. Okay, fine. Thank you. Um, moving on from that, I uh, I did say that it would be a little bit of salt going on with this, and mm. this this article really did make me kind of salty because one of my favorite shows, and it was it was critically and uh, the 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 viewers really loved it as well, but critically acclaimed Santa Clarita Diet. It had uh, Drew Barrymore as a, a woman who turns into a zombie, Timothy Oliphant as his as her very enthusiastic. And um, gosh, just like <laughs> nice, supportive. caring, supportive uh, uh, husband. husband, and it was just great. But it was canceled after three seasons, even though it was fairly popular. Well, <laughs> we found out why. Um, it did uh, basically. They're struggling to find a work-life balance when it comes down to uh, Sheila's condition, and obviously the major side effects was the fact that she was craving human flesh, uh, altered personality, kind of her whole id went in. It was it was fun. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's not for children, but it was kind of a wholesome family show with eating people. Is that a good way to put that? Okay. It's a good Halloween fair if okay. you're looking at it like that sort of thing. Well. Ah, the reason it did uh, get canceled is attributed to Netflix and business. Uh, their Netflix had a cost plus budget model. So what they do is they pay for a show's production costs up front, in addition to a premium of 30% of the completed overall costs. And the numbers get bigger as each season goes by. So by the third season, the costs can be like in the millions of dollars for the studios uh, and as the studios begin to pay off the debt on the back end. It's a whole bunch of things, but basically they're paying forward and hoping that they'll get their money back in subscriptions and stuff like that. But once you get to like a third season, you're not necessarily going to be getting new viewers for it. You're just going to be getting the people that are out there. So it is more cost beneficial for them to release new shows. And this was exactly what it really was. Uh, they did Basically, they have to decide on how much to invest based on the audience that will show up. And if the audience doesn't show up, they have to start thinking about reasons to continue to invest in something. It just kind of ran out of steam, unfortunately, for, uh, for the Santa Clarita diet after the third uh, season. Unfortunately, they did set up a whole entire uh, cliffhanger no. for the. F- <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's no spoilers that like, I, I won't. Actually, I don't care. You like you watch it, you can still be entertained by it. But essentially, at the end, in order to save um, Timothy's character's life, he has to be turned into a zombie. Oh, so okay. it would be exploring that if they were going to get into a season four. Of course, they didn't get to do that, and so unless it gets shopped around somebody somewhere else, which the series creator uh, Victor Fresco, he's he's been hopeful that maybe it would return 
or maybe the fact that they could shop it somewhere else. Uh, and he's already kind of planning the story, and he did say that it would have to explain uh, and explore the relationship between the Hammond's daughter, Abby, and the neighbor, Eric, because that was kind of a will-they-won't-they they, Ross and Rachel sort of uh, get-up where, yeah, they really cared for each other, but also they were like more just kind of friend zone sort of thing. But it did get a little bit deeper as you're going on because once everyone finds out that you're trying to like hide a murderous zombie mother, it gets uh, mm. it gets a little complicated as it would be. And they also wanted to examine Joel's new life as a zombie as it affects his relationship with Sheila, who is already a zombie. Oh. I just I want to see Timothy Oliphant murdering and killing and eating people. I just kind of think that would be <laughs> kind of fun. So. Hopefully at some point in time, but if not, you can go back and revisit those because it's a very solid series. Like, it does come to a weird conclusion and kind of a cliffhanger, but all the storylines inside of it do get wrapped up. And that is really, that's very, very helpful when it comes down to all this stuff. Moving on from that, Joe, which do you prefer, Star Trek or Star Wars? Ooh, more. Prefer more because, I mean,. They're both, I mean, they're both big high up on there. How about this? It would have been Star Wars, but after those last three movies, I got to go Star Trek now. Oh, I got to do it. Well, you know the Star Trek replicators. It's like kind of the basis of everything in terms of like if uh, Jean-Luc Picard wants his tea, he gets it. He gets, he just says, tea, Earl Grey, hot. And then boom, it happens. (laughs) It's it's bad because I've never actually, not as an adult. I remember watching it a lot as a kid, not understanding what the hell was going on. Yeah. But every time I'd see a meme that said that, I thought he was just like telling somebody to do it, like Wesley Crusher, like, hey, Wesley, go get me some tea, Earl Grey, hot. I always thought that's what he was doing. Nope, it's the replicators, <laughs> and it would just—it's that whole thing. It's like, how do how do people in space get anything? That makes, poof, they just appear. That makes sense considering Orville is like the love letter to Star Trek, oh, and they have yeah, a similar thing too. Exactly. Well, engineers from Columbia University have worked out a way to simultaneously 3D print and cook pureed chicken to kind of bring home the techno magic of Star Trek's food replicator. What? Pureed <laughs> chicken? Well, I mean, baby steps here. Okay. So we're, I'm literally like a chicken babysitting. Salad? Yeah. <laughs> it was like baby Worse. food at this point in time. Uh, in a report from Wired, the team from Creative Machines Lab at Columbia is credited with taking an earlier idea of theirs, 3D printing edible objects with mediums like cheese and peanut butter, and applying lasers as a cooking element for more nutritious and flavorful foods. Uh, Jonathan Blutlinger is a, who co-authored the scientific paper outlining the experimentation, explained the motivation behind expanding on the idea. Cooking is essential for nutrition, flavor, and texture development in many foods, and we wondered if we could develop a method with lasers to precisely control these attributes. First off, laser cooked food sounds cool. Like just straightforward. It does. Yeah, it's like with like when microwaves were first introduced. You're like, you're cooking it with with radiation. Kind of. Sure. (laughs) Uh, Using raw chicken breasts that were pureed until they were given a uniform consistency, the scientists refrigerated the chicken mixture and then packed it into a 3D printing syringes built to avoid clogging. So you still need the food. This sounds odd. Then they assembled a cooking apparatus with high-powered blue diode lasers, a custom 3D printing fixture, and removable tray for cooking the chicken. So they're not bringing it out of nowhere or anything, but they're making it so they can just 
put it in these syringes, squirt it out there, and cook it. So what you're saying is we're a long way away from a replicator. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, the team experimented with cooking the chicken both in sealed plastic packaging and out after adjusting the laser's placement so simultaneous printing and cooking could occur from the same machine. They ended up with surprisingly efficient results. The laser-cooked chicken retained more moisture and shrank less than conventionally cooked meat. Different lasers were even used to experiment with what sort of results they could provide, and it paid off for the team because infrared lasers worked the best for surface browning, and a blue laser was better for cooking the chicken internally. And it's very important, Joe. You're a you're a cook. You've done a lot of cooking. Oh, yeah. Cooking chicken thoroughly is like like the most important thing to do. Always yeah. cook your meat. Check with the thermometer. Oh, absolutely. I feel like chicken and ground beef very much so. Like mm-hmm. the most important. Totally. Uh, of course, they had to run taste tests to make sure, stacking samples of both conventionally cooked and 3D printed and cooked chicken against each other. A duo of taste testers preferred the latter, so they did like the uh, the 3D printed cooked chicken more. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they found it to be uh, moisture with a better texture than the oven cooked variety, and that was even despite the industry odor one tester picked out in the laser cooked food. Ever go to a dentist and get a filling done? They have a laser they use to seal the filling, and you get that smell. No. That, uh, Deal breaker. It, w- it would be a deal breaker for me, but I just, I recently had uh, Parmesan cheese on uh, some pasta. Parmesan cheese smells like feet. Yeah. And yet I'm still way okay with eating it. So as long as it doesn't just give me that, that immediate reaction of being at the dentist's office when eating it, I might be okay with this. I've had a cheesecake that tasted like mint toothpaste, and I got to tell you, it was, <laughs> I, I, I just can't. tapped out on that <laughs> yeah. point. Uh, the net positive result was that all the this was all the proof the scientists need that scientists needed to publish the paper. While only chicken was used, the researchers are confident that will work with other meats or even grains. So they're going to continue the experimentation, and maybe eventually we'll get ourselves a, 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 a one of those replicators. But I mean, like I said, baby steps. We'll get a figured 2050. out. 2050. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, I would. Well, that's 30 years. I probably won't be alive then. So. Well, true. yeah, you will. Okay. Well, by then we'll have self-replicating everything. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we're just gonna. I'm just gonna upload myself to another consciousness there. Cyber Rev, man. <laughs> I can be Cyber Joe. You can be Cyber Vicky. Vicky. Well, uh, yeah. Well, while we're uh, waiting on how uh, to figure out to get ourselves downloaded into a cyber body, it is now time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what is going on? So, either uh, someone effed up. Uh, uh, oh, oh, who? Someone in Russia. Oh, okay. Interesting. I know it's a very weird way to start this. <laughs> off. I am intrigued. So there has been a rumor floating around that has not been confirmed. We all feel it in, you know, our loins Whoa, that this is true. Our loins. I don't know. I was going to say balls, but I felt like that wasn't right. <laughs> I think you meant bones. You feel in your bones. I was trying to also think what Pikachu said in Detective Pikachu. I feel loins? it in my... Is it giblets? No. Giblets, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, what are you feeling over there? So we feel like... Because we have seen all the different villains that are going to be in Spider-Man No Way Home between <laughs> Doc Ock, Green uh, Goblin, we, we come on, can we please get confirmation that Tobey Maguire and what's-his-face, <laughs> Andrew, Andrew Garfield, Garfield, are going to be in it? Because Andrew <laughs> Garfield has been denied, denied, denied yeah. that he's not going to be in this movie. So much. Which, I mean, even if he's not lying, like he would probably be in the next one because this isn't the end, you would think, we would hope. Yeah, right. So apparently... 
if you go to the Russian Skittles website and follow <laughs> the instructions, you will then see a billboard that has Garfield Spider-Man that plays a trailer saying there's no way home. What? So either someone messed up and put the wrong Spider-Man on this billboard or they leaked information that wasn't supposed to be out. And it doesn't look like Andrew Garfield, but that is his suit and that is a screenshot from his Spider-Man movie. Wow. We're getting played. Like, there, I, I understand when, like, there are trailers that uh, are that have like diversionary tactics in it. Like they don't show the full picture, and we've seen that multiple times. Um, most recently, they've even said that the Scream trailer has a lot of um, deflection and distraction mm-hmm. in it and, as well. And, and they have to do that now. It's annoying as a viewer to go into a theater expecting to see certain scenes or certain things and them not show up. But it's also how many people are out there? How many have cell phones? Have cameras? And are trying to spoil everything. And so. I- I, it makes you wonder, and it's you don't see his face. It's the Spider-Man suit that is from uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And so I could possibly see somebody screwing up. Like grabbing a wrong clip from Google. Yeah, but like a major company doing that. But like, it's also and, in a different country. But tied in with like it's it's got to be tied in with Disney, or oh, else yeah. they wouldn't be able to do that. They need to pay Disney a lot of money to use their images. Oh yeah, like uh, I could see it being a lazy mistake, but that's not going to stop everybody from speculating. Interestingly enough, Andrew Garfield's Spider Man could be in the movie, just not Andrew Garfield. Like if it was just CGI oh, with him in his suit. Oh, interesting. I don't think they would do that. But what if you would still need his voice? Unless it's like I could see maybe at the end, like you if... see you see all these like different bad guys coming in, like hey, we're here, like through a portal, like a Doctor Strange portal for for just as an example. And then at the very end, like as things look bleak, two more Spider Man come out of the portal. But what if he's not lying and it actually is that Spider Man? But he's not in it because his voice is in it. He's like, guys, I'm yeah. not in it. He hasn't said my voice isn't in it. And maybe that he was just like, okay, guys, I'm like, like talking to the 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 Disney executives. And he's like, people are gonna never like nonstop ask me about this. How do I answer it? Like, I feel everything needs to be so well crafted in this that they're not going to just release that sort of thing. And I have to imagine it's cheaper to get an actor to do voice lines than it is to have him actually be on film. Oh, yeah. And considering, I mean, he's not that he's old by any means, but he is older. He's busy. He's gotten, I've seen he's has a lot of trailers and movies and stuff going on. So he's a busy man. Mm -hmm. Plus most of the stuff. So Tom Holland, he's a youngin. (laughs) He does a lot of the stunts himself, like the gymnastics and stuff. He does a lot of that. But Spider-Man is a mostly CGI character. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Garfield might be like, you know what? I don't need to deal with I that. I got a lot of other stuff going on. I don't have time <laughs> to get into shape for maybe a quick appearance or whatever it may be. Well, he could be uh, it could like all be it, CGI, but he could be Peter Parker just like he was in Into the Spider Verse with uh, wearing sweatpants and uh, just uh, <laughs> having a little bit of a gut there. I mean, nothing wrong with that. That could be it too. <laughs> um, so it's a little. I'm a little nervous because this came out a couple days ago. It says Tom Holland describes No Way Home as the end of a franchise. What? Hmm. Granted, 
He's either he's he's known to not be able to keep secrets, but I'm also just going to assume because he can't keep secrets and he doesn't know how to phrase things to make sure things stay as a secret. <laughs> I'm like, this could have just been worded, worded wrong. But or, yeah, hoping, right. But this is kind of what he says about it. He says, we're treating No Way Home as the end of a franchise, let's say. I think if we were lucky enough to dive into these characters again, you'd be seeing a very different version. So that kind of tells you that this is... I feel like if they have any other version besides, like, after this movie, they, it would be years after they'd be more grown up, I guess. Also, they were kids when they started this. Like, e- even if they were in their late teens, early 20s, they're still babies, so they're growing up. They're changing the way they, they look different. Yeah, but does this mean, I mean, I mean, this is absolutely dealing with the multiverse. Right, and it says, we would no longer be in the Homecoming trilogy. He did, one of the things he did leak years ago, which kind of gave him the reputation for being <laughs> a spoiler or leaker, is uh, that after, this was around when Captain America Civil War came out, like 2016, he let it slip that a trilogy was planned. So I think they already had these movies planned up to a certain point. Which makes sense. I mean, Kevin Feige has been really controlling the whole MCU trajectory the entire time. So it makes sense in that sort of term. And it doesn't mean it's the end of Spider-Man. No, or even but this, his Spider-Man, but yeah. the Homecoming trilogy and it might would be, be over. And even just thinking about that, it's like we're bringing them all in, which also includes why we're getting all of these villains, mm-hmm. because we're bringing all of the Spider-Verse into the MCU, including all of the baddies that we, uh, that we know and love. Or uh, hate. He I said, we would give it some time and try to build something different and totally change the films. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But we are definitely treating No Way Home like it's coming to an end and it felt like it. Wow. Oh, that's not good. Does, does that mean that Spider-Man is gone? Is he going to be lost so. into the multiverse? I'm hoping mm-hmm. not. But I'm just hoping that everything just comes back. And that's the whole thing. It's like, again, the trilogy just becomes like now part of the universe. But his story... For his like, spe- like his, his own ju- Spider-Man, yeah, his own Spider story is just going to be that or solo story because I feel like we're going to be seeing him in other movies. Like and he's Spider-Man he's probably has, not done. Spider-Man has been an Avenger in the past mm-hmm. across different teams, and I mean, obviously, he's a an Avenger now in terms of the MCU. But There's we need to see kind of where that goes. <laughs> exactly, they got to kind of reform those teams, whichever which way they're going to do it. If they're going to break them up into like West Coast, Great Lakes, East mm-hmm. Coast. Uh, Oh, what if he gets lost in this movie and he comes back in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie? <laughs> Whoa, that'd be kind of cool too. <laughs> see, I, you know the way I see it. So I feel like with obviously the uh, Tobey Maguire, we saw him a little bit in high school. That's when he gets his powers and then mm-hmm. graduates, goes to college, becomes an adult. And the next movie, he's an adult. And I feel like Andrew Garfield, he was in high school, but he felt older. Oh, yeah. He, he, he was... He didn't like have that that right age of no. a high schooler, and he tried to play it off, but that really wasn't the big problems with the at least the second movie. And all <laughs> this this whole time, Spider Man has been in high school, so I feel like if he were to come back for more Spider Man centric movies, he would be now adult Spider Man. So yeah, this would be like maybe this is the After the high graduates. school trilogy mm-hmm. sort of thing like that, encompassing those high school years. And now if they move on from that, it'll be something more. Yeah, more which they should. And- yeah. Probably introduce maybe a Gwen Stacy. Or maybe a uh, Fantastic Four. I mean, he (laughs) he was a part of the Fantastic Four for a minute. He was as well, yes. Yeah, in the comics. Uh, So who really knows? Who knows if he spilled something he wasn't supposed to? Who knows if he's just doing some misdirection? I don't know. He probably did. But his journey, he did say, (laughs) I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue so we can be okay with that. But will there be any more Spider-Man movies after this? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who Who knows at that point? And then... 
Who knows with Venom? Are we yeah. going to mush them together? We need Venom fighting Spider-Man. That's how this thing is supposed to work. Or team up. Right? Mm. <laughs> Until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Thank you.